It's Carrie here. Welcome back into the podcast where we are just two sisters who are wild about Jesus, love a natural approach, and are committed to being better today than we were yesterday. I'm all about self-care and Julie, my sister, well, she's the kitchen expert and together we help you take the upgrade. Today, I have some really interesting information for you. It's part one of a two-part series all about sugar, that thing that we love, tastes great, but we might need to be a little bit more, well, how should I say this, skeptical (laughs) about sugar after this information. I was very inspired and just enlightened after watching a recent film, and I wanted to give you more information on that so you too could be enlightened. And then on next week's episode, we're going to have a great interview with Carolee, who has had an interesting journey with sugar, and she's had some amazing results. I'm really excited for her to share those with you guys as well. So let's dive into today's episode. I really wanted to just give you a somewhat brief synopsis of a great documentary that I watched recently on a plane ride, actually. It is on Amazon Prime. It's for Prime members. You can watch it for free. It's called That Sugar Film, and it's about an Australian guy named Damien. And it's sort of the same premise as something like Super Size Me, where he kind of puts his body to the test to show the effects that sugar can have on it. But there's an interesting twist. He's going to do this without eating any junk foods. It's going to be all preconceived healthy for you foods that a lot of us eat on a daily basis. And he's going to show us what that actually does to his body. So I'm just going to highlight some of the more interesting facts from the film. I would really encourage you to go out and watch it for yourselves. It's only about an hour and a half long. And I hope this piques your interest to actually go and um, watch the movie with your family so you can all be enlightened on this interesting subject. So let's dive in. The documentary first starts out with talking about how this kind of all came about. In the 1950s, Dwight Eisenhower, then president, suffered a heart attack, which pushed the cardiovascular health issue to the forefront where it really had not been before. And there are really two, two schools of thought. Either fat was to blame or sugar was to blame. And in the end, fat became the villain. And then that was kind of what pushed the low-fat craze into full swing. So when you think about it, low-fat, you kind of have to replace the fat with something, right? If you remove the fat from otherwise healthy foods, you have to replace the calories. The best way to do that is with sugar. So let's talk about the different types of sugar that really come into play when we think about sugar as a whole. So in the sugar family, there's glucose, which is used for food in our body. Our body needs glucose to run. It has to have this. There's also lactose, which is found in cheese and milk. And then there's sucrose, which is really what we'll be primarily focusing on. And sucrose is 50% glucose and 50% fructose. And it's interesting because fructose in particular is really very rare. It was only previously found in fruits, vegetables, and honey, but now we find it everywhere. And it's in so many foods that we eat. And that's really what's causing havoc and what we'll kind of learn more about as we go along. So in his experiment... Damon set out to eat 40 teaspoons of sugar, but not touch candy or junk food and see what the effects were on his body. Because starting out, he was really interested in this because when he got married to his wife, she didn't eat any refined sugar. And that was kind of a change for him. But like many women do, (laughs) she brought him to the bright side and he felt so much better not eating the sugar. 
And so, you know, then he kind of started just looking into, well, I wonder what the effects are on the body. And all of these preconceived healthy foods actually contain a lot of sugar. I wonder what that would do to your body. So that's kind of why he started out on this journey of the 60 days eating healthy foods, 40 teaspoons of sugar a day. So these sugars must be hidden in foods, found in healthy foods. So it was going to be primarily sucrose and then fructose. So they can be added like jam or naturally occurring. And he always must choose low-fat foods. And he still had to work out like normal. So you're taking a, a person that ha- is eating no refined sugars, has a very healthy diet, exercises, and he's going from just changing what he eats and basically other parts of his life will remain the same. He's still going to work out. He's still going to do his normal routine. So on the first day, the first breakfast he had was cereal, yogurt, and apple juice. And it was interesting because he met with a nutritionist, a doctor, and a scientist. And they thought he was going to have a hard time meeting his daily goal of 40 teaspoons of sugar a day in healthy foods. But talk about that first breakfast. He had half of his daily goal met in the first meal of the day. So let's talk about something like apple juice. And he does this little experiment, which was really eye-opening. And it's interesting to me as a parent because so many moms and, and so many parents give their kids juice. You know, he takes four apples and, you know, he kind of goes on to explain that you would not be able to eat all four of those apples because they have fiber in them. You know, our body's going to tell us that we're full before we eat the four apples. But what happens if you juice those four apples? You're going to get a glass of juice that contains 16 teaspoons of sugar and has no fiber in it to make us seem full, right? You're just getting the sugar out of that. And it's interesting that, you know, nature has given us this perfect package in a whole apple, but then we take a contraption like a juicer and juice all the sugar out. And honestly, it really doesn't matter if the sugar comes from apple juice or something else. It's still sugar. So there's no fiber or protein to go with it. And when you drink sugar, just straight sugar, it rushes into your body and into your liver. And that definitely has a consequence that we're going to hear more about in just a little bit. So 15 days in, I'm going to encourage you to watch the film because there's some really interesting things that happen that I'm not talking about, but I'm trying to give you the highlights. So 15 days in, the weight he gained was all around his belly, which is interesting, right? You know, he didn't really gain it anywhere else but his stomach, which is actually the worst place that you can gain it, which put him at an increased chance for diabetes and heart issues 15 days in. Let's talk about this sugar comparison day that he did, which was really, it was interesting and funny to watch. So he decided that he was going to, instead of eating all of those teaspoons of sugar in hidden foods, he was just going to dump the equivalent of like sauces, yogurts, different things like that on top of healthy foods. So let me explain. First thing he did in the morning, instead of having yogurt, he put 11 teaspoons of sugar on plain Greek yogurt. Another thing he did was he took a chicken breast that had no sauce on it. And instead of putting the teriyaki sauce that went with it, he put four teaspoons of sugar on top of that and just ate it. So crunchy sugar on top of a chicken breast. It's really interesting. (laughs) He did a few more of those experiments, but really we have to look at that's what we're eating, especially in sauces. There's a lot of hidden sugar in sauces. So it's very important to read the packaging before you just dump the whole thing of sauce on your chicken or whatever it might be. Moving on, at just 19 days, the medical professionals are monitoring him. They're doing lab tests on him. 
And at just 19 days, they did a liver function test, and he had started to develop fatty liver just 19 days after this experiment. Interesting. That's a good segue to just explain what sugar does in your body. Sucrose, we talked about that earlier. It's broken down into two different parts, fructose and glucose, and they both make their way to the liver. And once in the liver, the glucose is dealt with efficiently because, again, your body needs it to, to function, needs it for energy. So it's immediately, immediately used for energy or it's stored. Fructose is so rare in nature that your body separates it out because it really doesn't need it at all. There's no need for it. So when people eat a diet that is high in fructose, the liver gets overloaded and starts turning the fructose into fat. So some of the fat is going to stay in the liver, which is at an increased risk for insulin resistance and diabetes, excess weight, and clogged arteries. When the fructose goes into your liver and it's really not needed, insulin is released because it wants to bring that down. So it tells our fat cells to hold on to the fat. It turns off all of our fat burning processes, which equals weight gain. It's really interesting how our body is so super smart, right? It knows what it needs and it knows what it doesn't. So chronic diseases that are related to obesity include diabetes, hypertension, cancer, gout, and possibly even Alzheimer's. And really, if you think about it, would they exist if there weren't as much sugar in the diet? It's a very good question. About halfway through this experiment, he started noticing mood swings when otherwise, you know, before this, he had felt super alert, no mood swings, his moods were very even, and now he had started experiencing when he was, right after he would eat sugar, he was super alert, and he was just kind of switched on for 45 minutes or so, and then he felt really lethargic, he couldn't concentrate, he didn't have any energy until he got the next hit, per se, of sugar. So it creates this false high. So let's look for just a minute at why you cannot concentrate a lot of times after you eat sugar. So when your glucose level is constantly going up and down, up and down, up and down, it has a, a certain effect in your body. There is a level of glucose that you want to keep in your body for your brain to function normally. When you eat something sugary, your glucose level goes way up. And so it signals your body to produce insulin, which brings the glucose level way down. And when it goes way down like that, your body produces adrenaline to make it come back up. That's where you get the yo-yo effect of up and down, up and down. When your body produces adrenaline over time, that's what can lead to anxiety, panic attacks because of the mood changes. So, you know, when you think about this, think about kids at school. How do we expect them to concentrate if we are feeding them sugar? It's a very good question to think about with all the kids on ADHD medications and just having problems concentrating. We want them to sit down and be able to tune in and learn. But if we look at what this is doing in, in their body, you can see why they might have a hard time concentrating. So next, Damien goes to the USA. And he has a lot of interesting travels over there. But the first thing he does when he gets there, he stops at Jamba Juice. He wanted a healthy treat, right? 34 teaspoons of sugar in that one drink. Wow. I mean, he <laughs> it was almost painful watching him drink it because he had to just try to get it all down. I mean, it's unbelievable how sweet those drinks are. And we think that they're healthy because they're fruit. And it was interesting because they talked about how the government just thought if they could get sodas out of schools and replace them with smoothies, then they would be good. Everything would be good. But it really has just as much sugar as a soda. 
Sometimes we're trying to do the right thing, but actually we end up right back where we were. And, you know, they even talked about also how there's so many different names for sugar that kind of throw you off. So turbinado sugar and fruit juice concentrate, cane juice crystals, organic palm sugar, agave, brown sugar, white sugar, high fructose corn syrup. They all have the same effect on your health. You know, sugar is sugar. And some are maybe a little bit better than others, but you have to still, at the end of the day, they're sugar and they still perform the same in your body and they still have the same effects on your health. So now let's talk about the effects of sugar on your brain because, you know, (laughs) and I can so relate to this because it's like, you know, a lot of times I'll go a while without eating sugar and then I'll see something and I'm like, oh, I need that. You know, that looks so good. And it's like you get that good feeling again, like, oh man, that would be so good to eat that. You know, it's, it just looks so good. I bet it would taste so good. There's actually something physical going on in your brain. So you first have that trigger or cue, which is a picture of sugar or the real thing sitting in front of you, like a brownie or a milkshake. And it's a a chemical called dopamine is released. You've all heard of that, right? That's a feel good hormone. So the next step is that we get the sugar and we taste the sweetness. Opioids are released once we taste it and we feel awesome. That feeling is the same thing as nicotine, cocaine, and sex. You've always heard sugar is just as addictive as cocaine. Now you can see why. But that feeling doesn't last very long. And so then that fructose affects our appetite control center, plus glucose affects our mood if we get too much of it, right? You remember the spike? So it's a very volatile situation. And the more you eat high sugar foods, the more you want them. We were just talking about how sugar is as addictive as cocaine, but cocaine isn't everywhere, right? So it's, it's not like all in your face all the time, but sugar is. So it's very hard to avoid because it's always there. And it's in so many of the different foods that we eat now because of something called the bliss point. When they created the soft drink, they created the bliss point, which is basically making things taste good by making them sweet. And there's a certain point of sweetness that is best that, you know, is very palatable and will basically turn on that need for more. So that kind of started with a soft drink and now it goes for anything, pasta sauce, dressing, cereal, anything you can think of, all those foods have sugar in them because of that bliss point, because it helps people want those foods more. And then when you go to the veggie aisle and you get some broccoli for your family and you maybe cook it up and put a little butter and salt and pepper, the bitter notes stand out instead of the sweeter notes because it doesn't have any sugar in it. And our taste buds are attuned to want that sugar because we're used to that bliss point. So that's why you have to go through almost a detoxing period and really a changing over your taste buds period before that broccoli will taste amazing. And I promise it can happen, <laughs> but you do have to go through that, that little point of transition. And, I, and he talks about that after he gets finished with this experiment. And one more thing on that, they actually studied rats and kind of see, you know, put cocaine and sugar in front of them and just see which one they would work harder for. And they worked harder for sugar. So there you go. Maybe it's more addictive than cocaine. (laughs) The next thing they dove into was, is a calorie just a calorie? Like many would like you to think. The food industry would like you to think that any calorie of any food is the same, no matter what the nutritional value or anything like that. And he talks a lot in this film about how he eats the same amount of calories that he used to. 
but yet he's having all these damages, damaging effects on his body. And that's because a calorie is not just a calorie. See, he never counted calories before. Finally realized the calories that he was eating now on all of these preconceived healthy foods were the same, but there were a lot more calories in like avocado and nuts and things he was eating before. But they weren't having the same effect on his body and he wasn't feeling as full and and satisfied afterwards. They can do dramatically different things in your body. But of course, the food industry wants us to think that a calorie is just a calorie and that we are failures if we're overweight. And it's interesting how a lot of these studies on sugar and talks that they have and different seminars are all sponsored by someone like Coke or something related to the sugar industry because Guys, they want us to believe that this is not bad for us. They want us to keep eating the same things and feeling good. But listen, you can eat other things and feel good, right? You can eat things without sugar and still feel good. And we'll talk a little bit about how it's interesting the way that sugar actually evokes the same feelings as love. The sugar trade is $50 billion business. Of course, they don't want us to find that out, right? There's a lot of different things that go on like that, but... I digress. (laughs) It's crazy how your body adjusts to whatever is going on. And he really saw this and realized this when he went into this experiment. And obviously his body was used to no sugar and it was functioning very well. But then he started putting on all this extra sugar, right? And just living kind of a different lifestyle as far as what he ate. And his body adjusted you know, he, he was able to function, but he was not nearly as efficient as he was before. His fuse was shorter. He was exhausted. He was up and down all day. He was anxious. And this was 45 days in. Y'all, if you watch the film, he looked like death <laughs> at about 45 to the 60 day mark. I mean, he just looked like he couldn't go on anymore. But you know, your body does miraculous things, even no matter what you do to it. But we really need to love it a little bit more. <laughs> And, and, you know, they also talked about many people don't know any different. For instance, like if I eat something sweet, I'm going to probably immediately get a headache. And I remember saying that to someone one time and they were like, that doesn't happen to me. But if we're used to eating sugar all the time, your body has gotten used to that. And you feel like he felt all the time and you don't know any different. So if that's the way you've always lived, you have no idea that you can feel better. So after this experiment was up, the results were in. In the first month alone, his ALT, which is a liver function test, had went from below 20 below normal to 20 above normal. His triglycerides were up. His waist circumference was up. He was on his way to diabetes and liver cirrhosis. So let's look at what happened after he gave up the sugar, after the 60 days. The first week was pretty awful. Like I said, he still looked like death. <laughs> he woke up craving sugar. He had headaches. He was moody. His sleep was terrible. He said it was similar to giving up cigarettes. And he just woke up like he needed a hit, like it was a drug, like he needed a little bit of sugar to get him through. But once he got through the two to four week mark, the urge for sugar decreased altogether. And in two months, his vitality returned. His moods even out. His skin was bright once again. And it's just so interesting. Once you remove that fructose from your diet, his appetite control came back and all his blood tests returned to normal. And all that to say, I hope that you tune in next week to our interview, Real Life, What Sugar Can Do to Your Body, What You Can Feel Like After You Give It Up, and that it's not always easy, right? Definitely not trying to say that any of this is easy, but it's always worth it to feel your best. And if you don't ever know what your best is, I just encourage you to try and give some of these things up 
for a certain amount of time and realize how much better you can feel. And that's why we really love doing detoxes for a certain amount of time. Because when you eliminate sugar, it's, it's really amazing the things that come from that. And honestly, it probably will be more of a lifelong thing that you deal with, you know, because like I said, sugar's everywhere. So it's sometimes it's harder to, vo- to avoid altogether. But no matter where you are, if you start somewhere, you can return to health, right? I mean, he, all of his blood tests returned to normal, fatty liver, almost diabetic. You know, he lost all that weight. He was now could function like he had before. So it's all of those things are reversible. And it's interesting how sometimes the doctors won't tell you that. They'll just say, oh, you have this, like, you're just stuck with it. But a lot of times you aren't, right? Have it in your mind that you decide. You decide what you put into your mouth every day. And you decide what choices that you make. And I'm going to leave you with that. I look forward to being back with you next week for part two. Thank you for spending time with us today. For free resources and materials, head over to anaturalshift.com and make sure to follow us on social media. You'll find those links in the show notes. It would mean so much to us if you would leave a review and tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Share this episode with someone that you know would love it. This is how we can get our message out to more people. And until next time, don't forget to take the upgrade in some small way today.